Welcome to the Ridge Life Podcast. We at Pleasant Ridge Christian Fellowship trust this message will be an encouragement to you. Please join with us as we look into God's Word with Pastor Mike Bird. We're going to be in Ephesians uh, chapter number 6, and uh, we've been looking at these uh, parts of the armor, and primarily here the shield of faith, and as we had asked about various things that you might be uh, encountering as a believer, uh, these arrows that are being hurled at you, that uh, through faith, the shield of faith, you're able to quench all these fiery darts. And uh, we've already uh, covered about anxiety and fear, and last week we looked about uh, sexual immorality. This week, Uh, We're going to look at the fiery darts of sinful anger and how you can use your shield to overcome anger, sinful anger. And so this is what I want you to take away with you today. The shield of faith can help me control my sinful anger. The shield of faith can help me control my sinful anger. So let's look here at our uh, text here, Ephesians 6, 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So first of all and foremost, you must trust and obey. So if you are going to extinguish sinful anger, the first step is that I must trust and obey. That's what we talk about when we're saying taking up the shield of faith It is trusting God's word, what he says, and obeying uh, what he says about a particular uh, situation or circumstance that you are in. And so in this case, uh, when we're talking about sinful anger, uh, the anger that uh, that you are coming under attack from, the temptation to be angry, The Bible tells us what we need to do uh, in that. So it's applying who God is and what he says to this particular problem or situation that I find myself in. That is trusting and obeying. That is having faith. Uh, I said it again, um, that if you're going to be a person of faith, you have to be a person of the word, actually applying the word of God to your life. So trust and obey. Let's look at the second thing here. Anger is not sinful, as long as it's righteous. Anger is not sinful as long as it's righteous. Listen to what Ephesians 4, 26 through 27, Paul says this, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger and give no opportunity to the devil. So anger in and of itself is not sinful. Notice how Paul puts the distinction between these two. Be angry, but don't sin. So sometimes we think it's wrong to be angry, and we shouldn't be angry, but God's word tells us that anger is not sinful. Just as long as your anger, as long as you're not using it in an unrighteous way. And I would probably say about 99.2%. 9% of the time we use our anger in a unrighteous way. God's word has a lot to tell us about anger. Psalm 711. God is angry with the wicked every day. There are several verses that reveal to us about the anger and the wrath of God. 
1 Samuel 11.6, we discover that uh, as the, uh, the Holy Spirit came upon Saul, it says it resulted in great anger that impelled him to carry out the work of God. And so uh, even in John chapter 2.17, we read that Jesus was angry. We read that the righteous anger that the Lord had, it says that it has eaten him up, the zeal of the Lord, the anger has eaten him up. It motivated him to drive out the money changers from the house of God when he was making the whip and he drove out the money changers. In Mark's gospel, we learned that on another occasion, Jesus turned on the Pharisees, the Bible says, in anger. Mark chapter 3, verse number 5. So Jesus used anger, but he used it in a righteous way, never in an unrighteous way. One commentator puts it this way of how, you, how useful anger is. He says, anger is a very necessary and useful reaction. Anger is appropriate as a communication of feeling in reaction to another's behavior. Anger is an emotion that is to be used in a correct way. It can be used in a right way as long as it's in accordance with biblical principles and guidelines. Anger can become very destructive when we fail to express it in harmony within the biblical guidelines of Scripture. How and when does that anger then become sinful in our life? Look at the text here again, Ephesians 4.26. Paul distinguishes between sinful and holy anger. He says, be angry, but do not sin. This is a warning. Righteous anger can become unrighteous anger. How does that happen? In two ways. And perhaps maybe you uh, identify with one of these two ways. Number one by the venting of anger. We call this blowing up. This is the Mount Vesuvius. This is the volcanic ash and, and lava just coming out, you know? Um, that's how sometimes we reveal uh, unrighteous anger. It's an explosion. The other way is by the internalization of that anger. We call that clamming up. So either you are blowing up or you are clamming up and you're turning that anger inside and uh, that is stewing, that is um, uh, going over and over of what they person may have did or, or said to you or a certain circumstance that may have happened. So when anger is sinful, it is expressed in either blowing up or clamming up. When one blows up, his emotional energies are aimed and fired at someone else. When a person clams up, bodily tensions are released within yourself. So when a person blows up, the anger is aimed principally at to try and hurt another individual. I was just looking at the paper the other day. Um, Headline news, Elkhart Truth. It says there a man, there was a barbecue, a grill out, turned into murder. How does that happen? It's of anger, uncontrolled desires uh, within our hearts. So when we blow up, it may result in loss of friendships, often destroys the significant relationships in our lives. 
Some people use pillows to be beaten, struck, pounded, thrashed, and abused by people who imagined them to be whoever it was that had made them mad. I remember my, my dad uh, growing up uh, there when we were in the house and he got angry and he took a kitchen chair and he, he blew up and he took that kitchen chair and slams it on the ground and thrashing it around. And then I remember another instance, he took a baseball bat and went out back, side back there and smashing things and busting things. Would you say that's righteous anger or unrighteous? Say so it's pretty unrighteous anger there. Such expressions of anger are sinful and in violation of the fifth and sixth commandments. Listen to what Proverbs has to say about those who use anger to vent themselves. Proverbs 29, 11, A fool gives full vent to his spirit, but a wise man quietly holds it back. Proverbs 25, 28, A man without self-control is like a city broken into and left without walls. Proverbs 19, 11, Good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 29, 20, Do you see a man who is hasty in his words? There is more hope for a fool than for him. Proverbs 29:22 A man of wrath stirs up strife and one given to anger causes much transgression. Proverbs 14:17 A man of quick temper acts foolishly. Proverbs 14:29 Whoever is slow to anger has great understanding but he who is hasty who has a hasty temper exalts folly. Proverbs 15:18 A hot-tempered man stirs up strife but he who is slow to anger quiets contention. Proverbs 19:19 19, A man of great wrath will pay the penalty for if you deliver him you will only have to do it again. Proverbs, 24, uh, Proverbs 22, 24 through 25. Make no friendship with a man given to anger, nor go with a wrathful man, lest you learn his ways and entangle yourself in a snare. James gives us some valuable wisdom about anger. Listen to what he says. But let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the angry, for the for the angry one man, the angry man does not achieve the righteousness of God. Anger becomes sinful not only when it is ventilated with this Mount Vesuvius, this blowing up, this explosion. It's not only sinful in that case, but it's also sinful when it's a very slow burn when we internalize it. When a person clams up, you are directing all of your emotional energies destructively against yourself. They become irritable, sullen, tense, miserable, and it hurts other relationships with other people as well because you are internalizing it. Did you ever meet people that are prickly? Right? Okay. What's going on? You're angry. Things just set you off, right? There's something going on there. People who clam up are not ones who make good company because they allow problems to come between themselves and others. In other words, they are in unreconciled relationships with other people. There's 
so much thing that, that is going on, I, I think even sometimes even within a church body, people that just can't get along because they've allowed unreconciled things to, to continue and they, they internalize and they just say, well, I'll just go my way, they'll just go his way, well, you know. And they just live like that. Well, that's not the way the Bible commands us to live. So because people refuse to be reconciled to others, they hold grudges, they refuse to forgive, and they internalize that anger towards others. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about forgiveness and unforgiveness, uh, because that was another one of the things that people had mentioned about uh, something that they struggle with. But just you should know that if you internalize your anger, uh, it can cause a lot of relationship issues. So that is one way that the Bible tells us that this anger, how God gives us anger and it's good, it's good for a good cause, but if you allow it to go unchecked, if you allow it to be used in a sinful type of way, uh, it becomes sinful anger, not righteous anger. So anger is not sinful as long as it's righteous. You say, well, how do I identify if my anger is sinful or if it's righteous? Well, for example, if I tell you that they are murdering, murdering babies by the millions, does that make you mad? It should. Okay. That's righteous anger. Uh, but if somebody cuts you off while you're driving and you yell at them through the window or you express some form of a gesture as you drive by, is that sinful anger or righteous anger? So that's sinful. Okay. So anger is not sinful as long as it's righteous. Let's look at the third thing. Learn how to handle your anger. Learning how to handle your anger biblically is a habit that you must learn how to develop over time. Uh, we don't naturally handle our anger biblically. We do it unbiblically. How so? Well, we use, the, we use anger to attack people instead of the problem. Did you ever ask yourself why you get angry? That's a good question you should ask. Why am I so angry at this reason? Why, why am I so upset right now? The problem is not others, it's yourself. The reason why we get angry is because someone or something is attacking our idols in our heart. Turn with me over to the book of James, chapter uh, 4, because James has some really uh, interesting things to say about anger. Look what he says here. Where does anger come from? James, chapter number 4. And listen carefully what James says. James 4, verse number 1. What causes quarrels... And what causes fights among you? Is it not this, that your passions are at war within you? You desire and do not have, so you murder. You covet and cannot obtain, so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask and you do not receive because you ask wrongly to spend it on your passions. And, and God, God really tries to get to the heart of this issue here. He tells us, that the problem is you have a heart of adultery. That your heart is not focused on righteous things. Your heart is focused on self. Your own desires. 
and he calls you adulterous people. Look what he says, you adulterous people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do you suppose it is no purpose that the scripture says he yearns jealously over the spirit that he has made to dwell in us? But he gives more grace. Therefore, it says God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. Be wretched and mourn and weep. Let your laughter be turned to mourning and your joy to gloom. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will exalt you. Do not speak evil against one another, brothers. The one who speaks against a brother or judges his brother speaks evil against the law and judges the law. But if you judge the law, you are not a doer of the law, but a judge. There is only one lawgiver and judge, he who is able to save and to destroy. But who are you to judge your neighbor? And see, this is what this is, this is all about. We have sinful desires and passions in our hearts. And when somebody doesn't do what we want them to do, or they say what we don't want them to say, it makes us want to fight because we're not getting our own way. Um, we must deal with these idols in our heart. In, inside your bulletin there, I, I gave you this thing about overcoming irritability, anger. And just take a mental note here of some of these things that, that might irritate you, okay? When you don't get your own way. When others don't do what you want them to do. When others make mistakes. When others are slow to understand, appreciate, or accept your point of view. When others don't give you the respect or attention you desire. When others disagree with you, criticize or oppose or rebuke or correct you. When others fail or are inefficient. When others insist on having their own way. When others won't cooperate with you or yield to you. When others won't leave you alone. When others deny you your rights, when you don't get what you want, when others interfere with your plans, when others will not change as you want them to change, when you don't get the promotion or position or grade you desire, when others say no to you, when others ignore you or treat others better than they treat you. These are just some of the desires, evil, wicked desires that we have in our hearts. And so when people don't do what we think they should be doing for us, we get angry. Well, the problem is not them. The problem is with you. And so you must learn how to deal with these evil passions inside of your heart is what James says. He says that you desire, do not have, so you murder, you covet, you cannot obtain, you fight and quarrel, you do not have because you do not ask. And he calls you an adulterous people because what you end up doing is you become a judge then. And the Bible says there's only one judge, and that's God. So we must deal with these idols in our heart. So if we don't want to handle our anger in a sinful way, we must learn how to handle our anger in a biblical way. 
Remember Paul's uh, point here in Ephesians 4 about being something different? Remember he, he said, putting off, putting on. Don't, uh, you're not, if you don't want to sit there and be a thief anymore. So what do you have to do? Now you have to labor with your hands, okay? It's being something different. So what is the answer to those being something different if we're going to deal with our sinful anger? Look at the text here, Ephesians 4, 26, 27, and 29. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So for the one who clams up or internalizes their anger, what's the solution? How should you handle it? Well, verses 26 and 27 tell us. You must learn how to redirect your anger from yourself. Be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger anger. Deal with it. Take care of the problem. Don't go to bed with the problems. Verse 26, uh, be angry and do not sin. It's interesting because Paul is actually quoting from Psalm 4.4 here. Listen to what he says. Tremble and do not sin. When you are on your beds, search your hearts and be silent. He's saying, deal with the problems that are going on. Don't allow these, these angering issues to continue in your heart with the sun going down and going to bed because when you wake up in the morning, guess what you've just done? You've given place to the devil. You've given opportunity for the devil to come in and have a foothold. And you wake up, you're irritated, you're angry, you're irritable. The solution to the sinful internalization of anger lies in redirecting your wrath from within toward the problem that has come up. We have a cabinet that we bought at Restore. Bought it back, well, there's two cabinets. There are these two cabinets that went on an entertainment center. And we bought just the end cabinets. These things are 85 inches tall. Okay, they're about, I don't know, about this wide. Nice cabinets. We bought them back in October. We unloaded them, put them in the garage, put them on sawhorses. And I was like, all right, I'm going to work on them. I'll get them all sanded down, blah, blah, blah. We're going to paint them, all this stuff. Then they went from the garage. Then we had to carry them all the way downstairs to the basement because I figured, hey, this would be a better place for me because it's warmer in the basement than in the garage. So I'm working them on in the, in the basement. Then we got to move them again. We take them back up into the garage and they're in there, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to paint them. Don't worry, I'll get it all painted and everything. Finally, now this is pushing uh, just last couple weeks. So from October now to we're just a couple weeks. Get them painted. Get them all prepped and everything, looking great and wonderful. And I'm telling Jamie, okay, Jamie, we're going to move the cabinets. I spent all this time. I move everything, obstructions from, I don't want to trip over anything. We get them all outside. We're going to take them up inside. And I'm thinking to myself, you know what? I'm going to be very nice to my wife when we're carrying these cabinets. I'm not going to yell at her, get upset at her because she's dropping her in. You know, I expect her to be Hercules, right? We're going to carry these cabinets. So we start moving the cabinets in. We're being very careful not to scratch the new paint, all this stuff. We get them inside, and I'm like, okay, now we're going to go upstairs, 
turn the corner, go into another room. We start measuring. These things are not going up the stairs. There's no possible point unless I get a chainsaw and cut the banister down. That's the only way we're going to get them up. Don't you think I was irritated? And then I found out that even if we could get them upstairs, we couldn't even get them through the doorway. Now, what I could have done, being irritated, I could have sounded off to my wife and said, well, why didn't you measure? Why didn't you? Right? I could have done that. But you have to attack the problem. So here I am. I'm angry that I spent all this time getting these things prepped, getting them ready to be put in there. And the problem is not my wife. The problem is not the fact that they won't fit in the house. The problem is that those cabinets are just too big. So what do I have to do? I have to use my anger in a righteous way and use that energy to take a chainsaw to those cabinets. <laughs> Cut them down. Use my energy to think about, okay, what should I do here? How can I make this work? It's a different way of using your anger than using it in a sinful way. So you have to use your energies in the right way. Look at verse number 29. Here's the difference. Let no corrupt talk come out of your mouths, but only such as good for building up, as fits the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. So we're not allowing these matters to fester. We're not allowing these matters to go down with the sun and, and continue. Uh, most marital problems that, that happen, um, and it, a lot of it is the, the, the disharmony that's there in the marriage relationship is sometimes because they will not resolve the issues and the problems every single day. They allow them to continue over and over and over until one day it just gets so out of hand, oh, I can't live with this person. What do you mean you can't live? You, to you told everybody that this is your best friend and your love of your life forever and ever and ever? What happened? You didn't deal with the problems every single day. You should, da you should settle daily the issues between yourself and others. This is what Jesus taught us in Matthew 5, 23 through 24. Therefore, if you are offering your gift at the altar and therefore remember that your brother or sister has something against you, leave your gift there in front of the altar. First go be reconciled to them, then come and offer your gift. Matthew 18, 18, if your brother or sister sins, go and point out their fault just between the two of you. If they listen to you, you have won them over. So our answer here is that we, we learn how to redirect that energy instead of towards another individual, we direct it towards the problem. And we, we solve the problem. We're not attacking people. And this is a real battle that we face as, as believers because people are doing things to us, saying things to us. We get upset and we need to learn how to control it. And by the way, you can control your anger. 
You hear people say, well, it's just my chemical makeup. I, I can't do it. You know, my dad was an angry person and I'm an angry person. No, you can control your anger. You know how I know? Because the people that you respect and the people that you value and the people that you hold in high honor, you don't act like that around them. Do you ever, I remember growing up, my mom would be like yelling and screaming and then the telephone rings, uh, hello. You can control your anger, okay? It's just the fact that you don't value and respect the people that you are releasing your wrath, the Mount Vesuvius against. Uh, you can control it. The Bible tells us that we can control it. So it, it helps you. you. You have to be able to do it. Anger is a, is a very powerful emotion, but its power to motivate must be used, not abused. And we don't have enough time here to deal with all the aspects of anger, but, but these are the big ones, internalizing it or blowing up. And, uh, you know, if, if you'd like some help with anger, I'd, I'd recommend you speaking to any one of us elders or finding another um, godly Christian man or woman to, to talk to and asking for help. Uh, in this. Um, I'd also like to recommend a great book for you. It's called Uprooting Anger. And it's by Robert D. Jones. It has some wonderful, wonderful things in there that would help you learn how to deal with your anger uh, in a biblical way. I encourage you to um, do the handout that I, I gave there in the, in the bulletin. And also I have these, these are in the back, back there when you leave. This is a, a little Bible study on anger, the wrong way versus the right way, and how to actually learn how to ha handle anger the wrong way, and then how to handle anger the right way. But I encourage you to use these resources, learn from them, and actually put them into use, okay? But you can learn how to handle your anger. It just takes time. It's a habit. You're forming habits, new habits, and it takes time. It's from one degree to one degree, as the Bible tells us that, we're, that he's changing us into the image of Jesus Christ. Let's pray together. If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.